You know I still believe, still believe it. You and me, 'cause every night I go to sleep, go to sleep, I can see. Welcome, welcome, welcome! I'm gonna welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen, and since the last time we talked, a lot has gone down. We got baseball information, basketball information, uh, we got some new football, uh, a lot has happened. And where we'll start is the Boston Red Sox and Mookie Betts. For people that don't know, Mookie Betts got traded from the Boston Red Sox to the LA Dodgers. For people that don't know who Mookie Betts is, Mookie Betts is one of the best players in Major League Baseball. He's one of the best players Major League Baseball has seen in a while. When we talk about outfielders, he's one of the best outfielders in, in I don't know, maybe 10, 15, maybe even 20 years. Mookie Betts is important to the, the baseball. You know, we have Mike Trout, who's one of the greatest baseball players to ever played, and that's not an understatement. We have Mookie Betts. We have you know, uh, Aaron Judge. You know, these these players are important to baseball. Whoa, important to the fabrics of baseball. Here's the problem with this trade, if you ask me. Mookie Betts and David Price were traded to the, the Dodgers. Now, yes, of course, this makes the Dodgers better. But the Boston Red Sox, you win the World Series in 2018. You paid David Price, who was on record saying he did not even want to play for the Red Sox. You pay him a fortune. You pay him one of the richest contracts in baseball history at the time. Which means that you are not scared to spend money. You're not scared to go out and spend what it takes to get good quality players. Because of the, the contributions from David Price, because of the contributions from Mookie Betts, because of the contributions from a lot of players on the, on the Red Sox, you win a championship or World Series in 2018. Now, from what, you know, I had to do a little research on this. From what I've compiled is the management is starting to, you know, the... the the city, just because you won a championship, or yeah, championship, the city is not really happy with the Dodgers. They're buying up a lot of property around the stadium. They're not really happy with the ownership group. And Mookie Betts was the Mookie Betts was the draw. Yes, again, you have recent success, but a lot of people were coming for Mookie. A lot of because again, Mookie Betts is one of the best players the league has seen in in, in years, and I mean years. And I go back to David Price, yeah, because he was traded, but he was traded along with Mookie. But you spent a fortune. You spent a fortune on David Price when A, he wasn't he he was on record saying he didn't want to play for the team. And B, you weren't really in a bidding war with, with David Price, especially the money that you gave him. You weren't in a bidding war with him, which means you really could have set the market. Well, you set the market on overpaying astronomically. 
which brings me back to Mookie Betts. The reason why they traded Mookie Betts. Now, they're going to come out and say Mookie Betts didn't want to play for the team. They're going to say he wanted $400 million. But Mookie Betts is worth $400 million because he is the one of the best players in all of baseball. He was an important cog to your 2018 World Series championship. So yes, he warrants $400 million, if that's what he's asking for. But the reason why you trade Mookie Betts is because you want it to get under the luxury tax, tax pretty much meaning you want it to go cheap. And Mookie Betts was not cheap. David Price, the contract that you gave him was not cheap. So I understand, and, and, and look, let me, let, me not, let me not fake and say that I'm a baseball enthusiast, I'm a baseball head, I'm not. But when I see an organization, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, anyone, be cheap like this, I understand why the, why your fan base is extremely upset. I get it. You didn't go cheap in 2018, or you didn't go cheap in 2017. You, and because you didn't go cheap, you win a World Series. You don't go cheap on a player that was aging. Yes, he was still talented in David Price. Yes, he was still talented, but he was aging. He wasn't what he used to be. You don't go cheap on that. Yet on a player that didn't even want, he was miserable the whole time he was there because he didn't want to play for you guys. He just, you guys offered him the most money and you guys offered him money that nobody else in the league was going to offer him. So again, you, you don't go cheap on David Price when you didn't, when you pretty much could have, but you go cheap on Mookie Betts who is one of a generational talent when we talk about players, when we talk about the talent that the MLB has. I don't know if, if, I don't know if Mookie Betts would have won you guys yet another championship or not. We're talking about the Red Sox. But I do know that, Let me let me let me compare it to let me compare boom. It would be it would not I wouldn't understand. It would be hard to understand if Golden State goes cheap, going go into contract negotiations with, with Steph Curry and tries to ex, or expects him to take a discount. Or lowball him, go cheap, uh, shoot money, shoot shoot out money that he he is disrespectful to him pretty much. So what you do then is you trade him to a, I don't know. Trade what's a what's a what's a really good team? You trade you trade Steph Curry to the Los Angeles Lakers just because you wanted to be under the luxury tax. That is exactly what happened with Mookie Betts. So yes, I completely understand why 
the 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 Boston Red Sox fan base is upset. A lot of people are, are speculating that ownership is thinking about selling the team and they want to get below the luxury tax before they sell the team. But I kind of agree with what Ryan Rosillo said. If you're going to sell the team, why would you trade Mookie Betts? Why don't you just give him off to whoever buys the team? It's like, hey, that's your problem. Even though it's not a problem, I would rather buy a team. Not now, of course, if I had enough money, you know, I, I'd still buy. I mean, it's still Boston Red Sox, but I would rather buy a team with Mookie Betts on it than a team that is below the luxury tax. And I'll figure it out then. Look, I, it's it's it's. You know, a lot of people say that a lot of people say that teams go cheap. This is the 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 Boston Red Sox is a five hundred million dollar or five billion dollar organization, billion, and you're going cheap with four hundred million on on a player that well deserves it. So let's talk about let's talk about the the Dodgers aspect in this. The Dodgers now have Curtin Clay or Clay, Clayton Kershaw, David Price, Mookie Betts. They have a they have I don't now I, I could say well that that makes them the favorites because they have Mookie Betts and they have uh, Clayton Kershaw. And now David Price, but you know we never know what the as we saw last year, you know with the Nationals winning. What they I think they won like 106 games or I know they won over 100 games and they lose in in in, in Dodgers fashion to the to the Nationals. So you know I I get it, but this definitely improves the 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 Dodgers exponentially. I don't, again, you never know how, how a baseball season goes, but I do know this. When you have a collection of talented players at multiple positions, you definitely put yourself in a situation, especially coming off, the, coming off of a 100-plus win season. You definitely are, oh, and, and, and still have key components that got you to that 100-win hundred season or 100-plus season and then you add a once-in-a-generation player, you know, I, I think that the Dodgers are probably should be favorites now. But, again, you never know. We thought the Yankees, how good they, you know, their, their player transitions happened, and you see where it got them. So, again, Mookie Betts gets traded to the Dodgers. It doesn't, it, it makes sense as in, it, it's not right, but I understand why, well, I understand why the Boston Red Sox did it, but me understanding doesn't make it right. I'm not I'm not justifying what they did just because I know what they did. I'm saying it, it it's stupid that you are going and it's indefensible that you are going to trade a once in a generational player just to save money. Yet you are worth a billion dollars and one of the players that you traded with him, which was David Price, just a couple years ago, you threw the bank at him and you didn't have to throw the bank. So you're not willing, you, you weren't willing to go cheap a couple years ago on, on a player that's not even close to Mookie Betts' talent and his prime. David Price in his prime was great, but he wasn't even close to how good Mookie Betts is right now. And you're going cheap now. 
It just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't. It's stupid, man. It's, it's stupid. <laughs> it is, it, yeah, man. Moving on, let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about, let's talk a little bit about um, the, the NBA. We'll get to the WNBA in a second, but let's talk about the NBA and the trade deadline. The trade deadline came and went. And unlike last year, which didn't have a lot of movement, this year had a lot of movement. I am not going to go over everybody that was traded every team's transaction. I'm not going to do that because it was, it was a lot of movement. But what I will do is talk about some big trades, talk about some winners and losers, and, and dissect kind of what happened on, on a larger scale. Let's, let's first talk about one. Let's talk about pr- pretty much the biggest trade, which was D'Angelo Russell for Andrew Wiggins. When we talk about winners and losers, to me, we're gonna th- this trade in a in a at a, at face value cannot be cannot be determined because we need to see what happens. First, let's talk about D'Angelo Russell going moving to uh, Minnesota. Minnesota has been one of the biggest disappointments this entire year. You know, even while. Carl Anthony Towns has been injured. Even when he's been on the floor, he's been one of the worst defenders in NBA history. I think they showed a stat. He, is, he has been one of the worst defenders in NBA history while he's been playing. I don't know if it's just he, he, he just doesn't want to be there. I don't get it. But they, they've been trash. Trading for D'Angelo Russell doesn't help that, but it, it does, of course, help your morale with your star player, which is Carl Anthony Towns. And one thing that Minnesota needed was a pick-and-roll offensive guard. And, of course, D'Angelo Russell is one of the best in the league at that. Now, again, I don't know how many wins they will generate just because your biggest Minnesota's biggest problem right now is defense. Like, they're one of the worst defensive teams in the entire league. And D'Angelo Russell doesn't help with that. Hell, he wasn't a good defender at the Lakers. He wasn't a good defender when he went to Brooklyn. He wasn't a good defender with Golden State. That you are what you are at this point. You're not. It's you're not going to learn how to be a good defender. You can learn angles and you can learn how to do things, but it's really, it's really an 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 inside thing. Like it's something that you have to want. And it seems like he hasn't really wanted to do that. Like like we talk about Steph Curry, and we talked about him a little earlier. We talk about Steph Curry. Steph Curry is not a really good on-ball defender. We know that. Steph Curry, you know, he's he's not good at on-ball defending. But one thing Steph Curry is very good at, and one of the best in the league at, is playing passing lanes. He, for for probably about four or five years now, he's been one of the top players when it comes to NBA, when it comes to steals due to playing the passing lanes very well. And even if it's not a steal, he gets a lot of deflections. He gets a lot of uh, redirections when it comes to passes. Steph Curry is is one of the best players when it comes to playing in the lane. He has learned, and and with his instinct and and training and and want to, he's learned how to be a, a good defender when it comes to that. Now, no, again, he is not a good defender when it comes to on ball, but he's learned other facets of defense. D'Angelo Russell is not good at defense. Well, he's, he's not good, period. He's not good at passing lanes. Sometimes he loses his, his, his opponent or loses the person that he's guarding and they get backdoor cuts. You know, he's just not good. And while 
the Minnesota Timberwolves definitely needed a a a pick and roll style point guard with D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns that will help. It's definitely not going to help defensively. But I say that 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 side of the trade cannot be graded yet, or you can't really determine a win or winner or loser in this one is because. We need to see how that goes. This this trade, you know, D'Angelo Russell can be the piece that can rejuvenate the team. They did, uh, I think, the the night or he was traded. They did pretty much blow out the Clippers. This could be, and they, well, they did all end up losing to I think Miami <laughs> or no Toronto, but this could rejuvenate the team. It could rejuvenate your star in Carl Anthony Towns because they're like best friends. And it could be solid in that. Do I think that this is a championship move? No, not even close. But it could, it could galvanize the team. It could change the 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 trajectory. And even though I'm not saying you change the reject, change the trajectory, as in you go from a, a bottom of the league team to to a championship team. No, this this isn't this isn't the 49ers. But it it could change the morale. You know what I mean? Now, no, and it's not going to change defensively. Hell, it might it might get worse. But hey, you never know. Looking on the Golden State side, Andrew. Here's the problem with, uh, that I've had with Andrew Wiggins in his entire career, and I think everyone's had this problem with him. Andrew Wiggins, talent-wise, strictly talent-wise, it can arguably be a top five player in this league. He he's 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 one of the most athletic players that we have in the league. He he can shoot. He you know his decision making is a little off, but a, and of course it was a number one overall pick. It just doesn't seem like he wants to be there. Like it seems like he just he's just a talented player and he knows he's talented and he's just like hey it is what it is. I'm only doing this for the money. Like that's kind of what it seems like. I'm not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put that on anybody saying that you don't want to you know you don't want to be an NBA player even though you're an NBA player. But it just seems like he doesn't want to be out there from time to time. And the worst part about it is it, it shows it do, he doesn't have that dog in him. He doesn't have that fight. He doesn't have what a number one overall pick should have. And, and I think that's one of the biggest problems. Everywhere he's went, they expect him to be a number one overall pick. Now, of course, you are a number one overall pick. I expect you to be better than that. But, or better than what you, what you put on the, flu, on the full floor. But he just hasn't been good, as in he hasn't been, he's been solid as a player, but he hasn't been a number one overall pick. And it hasn't seen, and, and it's not because his talent-wise, it's just because his want to. Going to Golden State, not only do you not have to live up to that number one overall pick status, you don't have to be the man. You're not, now you're not a number one option, you're a number four option. Maybe number three. It's really on him. If he comes in and says, you know what? I'm going to do everything that the team needs. I'm going to be a defender. I'm going, which, which he's, he's an okay defender at times. I'm going to be uh, a catch and shoot player, which he's not really good at. He's going to have to develop that. I'm going to, I'm going to play. The, a lot of people saying he's going to pretty much be Golden State's version of Harrison Barnes. Here's the thing. Athletically wise and pure talent wise, he's better than Harrison Barnes. Now, no, he is nowhere close to Kevin Durant, 
but he's better than Harrison Barnes. So if he can tap into that, if, if he can tap into whatever, if Golden State can tap into whatever they need to tap into, he can be such a positive piece for them, especially seeing as though they have, the, they're, they're more than likely going to get the number one overall pick this year because they're just, they're just that bad. They're probably going to get the number one overall pick. And I put this on Twitter. Let me know, you know, leave in the comments, hit me up. Let me know how you feel about this. I was thinking, I don't know how they'll make the money work, but I was thinking, if you're Golden State and you get the number one overall pick, next year you'll have Steph Curry come back healthy, Klay Thompson come back healthy, you'll have Andrew Wiggins at the time, and you'll have Draymond Green. And Kevon Looney. Would it... Let me know if you guys would do this, because I, I, I'll, I'll tell you the benefits of why and, and why not. If I was Golden State, or, or if you're Golden State, would you take the number one overall or the number one overall pick, plus a couple, because I think right now they have five second-round picks, throw in a couple second-round picks, throw in maybe Damian Lee, throw in maybe uh, Pascal, um, not Pascal Siakam, Eric Pascal, Throw in uh, maybe a couple, maybe Marquise Chris. Throw in those players for Joel Embiid. I don't know how they'll make the money work, but a pro would be you'll have one of, if not the best center in the league. Especially a league that not only, now we know that, or what we've seen is that the 76ers are not good when it playing with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. I believe both of them hold each other back because what Ben Simmons does better than a lot of players in the league is is go from end to end, get, you know, work in the paint, even though he is a point forward, work in the paint, do what you do what you do, get to the rim. He is not a shooter at all. He's not he doesn't even attempt shots and he just gets to the rim. The problem is when you have Joel Embiid who is a center, he's kind of clogging up the rim. They they both clog each other. Then you're pretty much forcing Joel Embiid to shoot more threes, even though he is one of the most physically dominant players that we have in the league. He just shoots too much, and that it it just hasn't been working in 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 Philly. So a lot of people are saying that either Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons has to go. So I say. If you're Golden State, why don't you track out a lineup of Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Joel and no, uh, what's his name, Jamon Green, and Joel Embiid? At that point, you can space out the floor, and Joel Embiid can be a pure center that can still shoot, and he doesn't have to worry about you know someone clogging the lane because Draymond Green can be out making plays. Then you have three shooters pretty much. And Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and to a lesser extent, Andrew Wiggins, you know, it, it, it makes sense to me. Now, a lot of people say, why don't you put in Ben Simmons, which you kind of could, but Ben Simmons and Draymond Green, to me, kind of do the same thing. And the difference between Draymond Green and, and KD, of course, was offensively. KD was 10 times better than Draymond Green offensively. Offensively, Ben Simmons kind of does the same exact thing as Draymond Green. He's just younger. At that point, Draymond Green would probably have to go. So that's why I would probably choose Joel Embiid over, you know, 
Ben Simmons as, as terms to if I would make that trade for Golden State. Now, again, this is incomplete because we have to, this, the trade, of course, D'Angelo Russell for um, Andrew Wiggins is incomplete because we would have to, if, 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 if Andrew Wiggins doesn't, doesn't change his, his attitude, change his mind, or change the, his approach to the game, this trade, will, it, Golden State's a loser. Because, well, yeah, they're a loser. Because they could have just waited. They could have packaged the number one overall pick and D'Angelo Russell in the offseason because this is pretty much a lost season. You could have packaged that and got something better. If he does emerge at, and, and changes his ways, Golden State could be a win for the Houston. I mean, for uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, this can be a win because, of course, you get D'Angelo Russell. He's a premier guard in the league. You get off of Andrew Wiggins' contract, and you know your offense improves. Now, if the offense improves, but the defense declines and is already at a low point. And, and you you don't you're not better than you were with Andrew Wiggins, and it's it's a lose to me. It's 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 a lose lose. So, you know, I I think that one is an incomplete. You know, that one's an incomplete. Uh, you can't really give that a win or loser type situation until we see probably later on in the future. I will say, however, a loser in the in trade deadline was the Lakers. Now, yes, I know the Lakers have the best record in the East. I mean, the West. LeBron James has played at an MVP level. Anthony Davis has played at an MVP level. They look primed to at least be in the conversation to represent the West in the NBA Finals. The problem is, one thing that we've seen this entire year that they need not only is a, a, a solid bench score, because while Dwight Howard has been really good this year, he's not a player that you, see, you can say, give me the ball, and he make a play. No. <laughs> Nobody on the bench has done that this entire year, whether that's Kyle Kuzma, he came off the bench a little bit. Now he's coming back on the start. And he, you know, he's, no. <laughs> Quinn Cook hasn't really been that well. Avery Bradley, Ray John Rondo, you know, it's, it just hasn't really worked when it comes to bench players. They need a bench score. Someone, someone, because even when LeBron James is on the, like when LeBron James or, and or Anthony Davis go to the bench, the Lakers look horrible. The Lakers look like a, a, a terrible team. It's just when you have LeBron James on the floor, he makes everybody better and they, they look like a championship caliber team. They need a bench score, and then they need a point guard because, like I said, Avery Bradley hasn't really done it. Rajon Rondo definitely hasn't done it. Quinn Cook hasn't been been it. And 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 at those, in the in the stage of all the the three I just named, the stage of their career, they're not play. They're not championship caliber uh, point guards. Rondo was, of course, back in in Boston. Avery Bradley really hasn't been ever. And and here's Quinn Cook. They're not championship caliber point guards. Now, of course, you have LeBron James who's playing point forward, but that gets tiring. And when LeBron James, like I said, goes to the bench, they their their the Lakers' productivity goes down tremendously. So 
what they did was they they didn't get D'Angelo Russell, which of course I didn't think they would. They were trying to go for Iggy. Because of course we know the the, the the situation at Memphis with Iggy. But then Iggy ends up going to Miami, which is huge for Iggy and huge for Miami because Miami is already a good team. And, and bringing on Iggy, which is another player that hits big shots, another player that plays defense, another smart veteran player, that's a win for Miami. Then they were looking at Marcus Morris. He goes to the Clippers. That's a win for the Clippers, not only because it gives it gives another body that you can throw at LeBron James, another body that you can throw at Anthony Davis, but you know he's a 3 and D player. Now, I don't know why the hell he was trying to play point guard for the Knicks, but he, he's, a, he's a 3 and D player. He's a tough player. He's a smart player at times. And again, it gives players like Paul George, uh, Kawhi Leonard, uh, what's his name? Montrezl Harold. He gives them a break. So that's a win for the Clippers. Another loss for the Lakers. Then they try to get Darren Collison, who right now is, is retired. And, of course, you saw they sent him to game, or the, him and Jeannie were at a game. Him and Jeannie went out to eat. They were trying to see, uh, you know, they, they were trying to, they were talking pretty much and, and seeing if it would work or not or if he was going to come back. A report came out saying he's going to stay retired, so they lose out on him. So at this point, you're looking at the landscape. What they're going to have to hope now is, is they get somebody good from the buyout. But even some, even... Right now, uh, Deion Waiters got bought out. Um, Tyler Johnson got bought out, but they're not—they're not championship-caliber point guards. Well, Deion Waiters is not a point guard, but they're not championship-caliber point guards. Yeah, they can help on a championship-caliber team, but what the Lakers need is a point guard, and that is not their specialty right now. So I think that the Lakers are a big loser in in free agency because they they I'm not saying they didn't try to make moves. I'm not saying that. But what what they did was they they what they could what they should have done to me is they should have I don't know how they would have fit and I have been saying that a long time. I don't know because we've seen Derrick Rose with LeBron James. But Derrick Rose is has been has had a solid season this year. He's had a uh uh all-star caliber playoff, I mean, oof, all, all-star caliber season this year. It's just, it hasn't, he hasn't won for Detroit because Detroit sucks. And we'll get to Detroit in a second. But I would have went out for, and, and of course there were a lot of reports saying that they, they were looking hard at Derrick Rose. I would have went definitely hard at Derrick Rose. It just didn't, it just didn't pan. Uh, a Wizards, who was a, who was a winner to me in, in free agency, they got rid of Isaiah Thomas, who went to the Clippers, who got waived. Now I don't I don't know how much Isaiah Thomas has in the tank anymore, unfortunately. But you could have went for Shabazz Napier. While I don't think he's a championship caliber player or championship caliber point guard, he's still better than and younger than what you have. It's like I, I just don't think the Lakers could have the moves that they could have made, they didn't. And the moves that they, they make now doesn't really help them, which is why I think that, or doesn't help them with their, with their goal. And I think that that's the problem, you know. I think that's why the Lakers are a loser in this year's free agency because they, while they are still, again, 
that top in the West, while they still have LeBron James, they still have Anthony Davis, it's clear that they have problems. And it's clear those problems can affect them in the, in the playoffs. And then on top of that, your competition, which is, which are the Clippers, got better in, a, in the area that they were weak at or they were weaker at. So I don't see how the Lakers, is, they, they lost the free agency to me. So moving, forward, moving on, another team that we, we kind of have to wait to see is the Rockets. The Rockets pretty much got rid of or did away with just bigs, period. You trade Clint Capella to Atlanta. While I do think that Clint Capella will be really good for Atlanta, I think he will be great for Atlanta. But one thing that, to me, Atlanta needed more than a center was a playmaking guard or playmaking forward, a, a, a person that, because right now is Trey, offensively it's Trey Young, and there's, there's not really another person that you can give the ball to and say, go give me a bucket outside of Trey Young. I think they could have done better if they would have gotten a, a, a playmaker, someone that you can say, hey, go get me a bucket. Not doesn't have to be on the caliber of Trey Young, but somebody that can go get you a bucket. I think that they would have been a lot better you know, getting a, a, a playmaker, but I do think getting Clint Capella does help them in the long run, and it was a good move for them. For the Rockets, we have to wait to see. Now you have P.J. Tucker, who was 6'5", starting at center exclusively. It's, I, I don't, I agree with everybody else. I think it might work in the, in the, in the, in the present time, but moving forward and playoff-wise, it's going to break down. I mean, when you're going against centers and you're going against, you know, Anthony Davis, while Anthony Davis, you know, P.J. Tucker guarding Anthony Davis, or P.J. Tucker having to guard the likes of, I don't know, Montrez Harold. Like, that's going to wear down on you. And, and I, I, don't, I don't think that the, – the Rockets have problems, and I, I, I think that you just put on another one. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just topped on another problem. One thing that D'Antoni is – Mike D'Antoni, the coach, is specialty at is pick and roll – Pick and roll and, of course, shooting threes. When you take away one of the best pick and roll players in the league or pick and roll bigs and Clint Capella, you, you kind of cr- cripple him. Not to mention, the Houston Rockets are, I think they're like number one or two in, sh- in fr- uh, three-point attempts. I think they're like 22nd or 20th in three-pointers made. When you have Russell Westbrook, who's one of the best players in the league, but one of the worst shooters, uh, three-point shooters in NBA history, you know, it, it, it just, it just, there's a lot of problems going on with Houston. And, and I think maybe next episode, I'm going to talk about where I was right and where I was wrong in my preseason predictions, but there's just a lot of problems with, with, with Houston. Now, yeah, you do get Robert Covington, who's a good uh, on-ball defender, he can shoot threes, of course, or three. He's pretty much uh, an elite three and D player, but again, that doesn't really help you when it comes to sides. You know what I mean? So I have to see. Um, we talked about the Wizards, and I think that they're uh, a winner. You know, you get off of get off of uh, Isaiah Thomas, who hasn't really helped you. 
You get Shabazz Napier. You get Jerome Robinson, who was really good for the Clippers. And he just couldn't get in a lot of playing time because that's a stacked team. No, this doesn't. This doesn't, you know, vultures the playoff status or anything. But I do think it definitely helps in the long run, especially, or it helps in the present, and especially, hopefully, you know, it, it can keep us afloat at point guards wise until John Wall gets back. Um, and I guess the last trade we'll talk about is Andre Drummond goes to the Cavs. I, I get why the Detroit did it. You know, Andre Drummond, while he has a huge bill to his name or contract to his name, he, you know, you, he hasn't, they haven't really produced any wins with that. So you trade him. I get it. You know, he's a staple, but you, you, you don't want to have a losing team in another bad contract or a a contract that bad. So I definitely understand. I don't understand why you do that for Cleveland. However, you have Tristan Thompson, who you've been trying to ship. You have Kevin Love, who's told you he's trying to leave. And you bring on another center, like it, it, it. I don't know what the hell Cleveland's doing. You know, Colin Sexton hasn't been working. Darius Garland, I, I totally forgot he was a, a rookie this year. <laughs> like, there's really nothing good coming. You know, again, Kevin Love's been good, but Kevin Love pretty much demanded a trade. Like Tristan Thompson has demanded a trade, and 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 the, he's been, he was on the trade block yet and still. And he, he might get bought out, but even still, why do you bring on Andre Drummond and you already have two centers that don't even want to be there? So I don't I don't understand what the hell Cleveland's do doing, but you know, we had a very eventful NBA free, uh, trade deadline. Moving over to the WNBA, their free agency started. And we've already had some huge moves that will definitely affect the WNBA. Let's start with one that's 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 near and dear to the heart. Christy Tulliver, who I think spent, I think it was three years with the Washington Mystics. She then gets traded. No, 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 that's, what am I talking about? She then helps us, she didn't get traded, I'm sorry. She helps us win a, no, let me, let me, let me start with this. Christy Tulliver started with the, with the Sparks, the LA Sparks. She wins a WNBA championship. She then comes to the Mystics. I think three years ago, she helps us and was a very important piece to our, us as in the Washington Mystics winning a WNBA championship last season. She then now, because she's a free agency, she goes back to the Sparks. I get it. I, I, is that my bell? I don't know if I heard that, but uh, that's my, my doorbell. Um, it, it's near and dear to the heart because Christy, Christy, Christy Tolliver means a lot to not only the Mystics, but she's a, a coach for the Wizards. She, 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 she's a Maryland. She went to University of Maryland, so she's definitely DMV grown. You know. Shouts out to to Christy Tolliver. She she definitely. T- I think she wanted to go back to you know the the house Kobe built. She's pretty much in the lighter half of her career. Not saying that her career is over or anything, but she's definitely not how she was back in '09 when I believe she was drafted. I think. But again, man, shouts out to Christy Tolliver. She's one of the best 
point guards in the league. Um, and she definitely helped the, she made a lot of, a lot of big shots, especially last year for the Washington Mystics. And, she, you know, everywhere she goes, she wins. You know, she, she, she was a very important piece for Maryland, very important piece when she came in for the Sparks, very important piece for the Mystics. And now going back to the Sparks, going back to the, the house Kobe built, you know, I think that this is, of course, the, um, no, no, I don't think this is the last season, but I do think this is the, the runway for her, the end of her career. But, you know, she definitely, she definitely is a staple and, and congratulations to her. Much, much love to her. Um, and, and I'm sure she'll, she'll be great. Um, for the Sparks, of course, because she's been great everywhere she's went. Uh, everywhere she's went. <sighs> everywhere she went. <laughs> so, um, the Vegas, Vegas gets, Vegas, the, the Vegas um, Aces, that's it. Vegas Aces get Angel McCautry. Now, Angel McCautry all season pretty much dealt with injury last year. We need to see how she looks coming back, but if she looks like the Angel McCautry that she she's looked her entire career, I don't see why the Angel, I mean the Aces, are not favorites next year or wouldn't be favorites if, of course, she comes back healthy. You still got Kelsey Plum. You still got Asia Wilson. You still got Liz Cambage. They have a solid team, and they, they were good last year, and I think that they'll be good definitely this year, especially with if Angel comes back. Even, even if she doesn't come back, as the angel that we remember, if she's if she's maybe I don't know seventy five percent how she was, that definitely is another cog that um, is is a benefit for the aces. Um, Jack Jacqueline Jacqueline <laughs> Jacqueline Joe, she stayed with the Suns. You know the Suns made a lot of moves. The Suns uh, kept Jacqueline Jacqueline Jones, who as we saw in the WNBA Finals was a monster. She was she was one of the reasons why I was I was I was a little I was a little I don't know you know going against the the Mystics because she was killing the Mystics you know now Emma Misaman she definitely did her thing but Jacqueline Jones she's a monster she she, she not only is she she's kind of like a a female version just of of Joel Embiid as in you can dominate down low and she can bring the ball out. She can work the mid-range, and she's, she has a three-point shot. So she's definitely a, a solid and, and one of the best players in the WNBA. So it was definitely smart for the Suns, or the Phoenix Sun. I say the Suns, the Phoenix Sun. Oh, no, the Connecticut Sun to, wait, is it Connecticut Sun? Oh, I'm tripping. I'm into Phoenix Mercury. But um, the Connecticut Sun definitely, you know. They also made a, a huge move acquiring all-star Dewana Bonner. Uh, she averaged like, I think, 17 or 18 points a game or 17 and a half points a game. She is, she's cold. The, the Connecticut Sun, of course, was a game, were a game away from winning the WNBA championship. While they, they, they do lose, um, La, La, was it La Shea? La Shea? Clarendon, Lachea Clarendon, who she had a freak accident that she, you know, she hurt her ankle. She had to have ankle surgery, season ending. But when she is on the on the court, she's really good. 
But now that you have Jacqueline Jones and you have Dewana Bonner, you have those are two all two all stars, two of one of the two of the best players in the league. So you know the Suns are going to be the Suns are going to be big. Um, the Storm they pick up Morgan Tuck uh, and the eleventh pick because they trade the seventh. They're going to be big, especially with Brianna Stewart coming back. Um, of course, you have the regulars, the Sparks. You have Candace Parker uh, with now Chrissy Tulliver again. They're going to be good. Like we just talked about the Vegas Aces getting Angel McCaltry. Uh, again, Liz Kimbage. Um, you got Connecticut. No, you got uh, um, Minnesota Lynx. They, they, I mean, they're always going to be good when you have Sylvia Fowles. Now, yes, Maya Moore will not be back because she's still doing the prison reform thing. You know, much love to her. But you still have, I think what, what I'm starting to see is, you know, and of course the Phoenix Mercury, Dana Taurasi, Brittany Griner. The, the league, it's, you never know. You don't know. Because, like I said, I just named those teams. I didn't even, I, I, I haven't named the Washington Mystics yet, and they just won the championship, and you still have Elena Deladon, Emma Miesemann. You know, you, you have, there's so many teams in the WNBA that are good. It's like, it's, it, it, there's, when we talk about people don't like pure, uh, parody, right? You know, you don't know. I, I I would go on record right now in saying that the Aces are the favorites due to the fact that of who they have and how good they did last season and you know another season to grow and of course bring an angel on. I would say of course you can you can't count the Sparks because you got the Abumake sisters, you got Candace Park, you got Christy Tulliver now. Um, of course the Connecticut Sun. Getting Dewana Bonner and and of course keeping Jones. You don't know. There's so many good teams, and of course, don't forget about the Storm, who I think just two years ago beat the the Washington Mystics in the in the WNBA championship with Brianna Stewart coming back. So again, I think I'm very excited to to, to watch the WNBA next season or the you know, season coming up because I want to know exactly. How it's like storylines, you know. How will the Mystics defend their championship? How will the will the Connecticut Sun get back? Um, will Sylvia Fowles will will she lead and carry the the links to another good season? How will Brianna Stewart do coming back? Can Diana Taurasi and Brittany Griner win another one? Uh, it's just so many, so many storylines that I'm excited to see. So, you know, that, that's that, man. Um, moving on, the XFL began. The XFL started, uh, what, Saturday? And it, it looks good. Now, people were complaining, hey, man, this, this isn't the NFL. You know, this, this isn't NFL talent. And there were, if, if these, first of all, a lot of these players that play for the XFL were in the NFL. Uh, of course not the NFL because it's the XFL. I mean, if they were in the NFL, I'm pretty sure, you know, you know people, people love to complain about stuff that is new. People love to complain about stuff that they're not familiar with. People just love to complain. Like, that's what we have to understand. People love to complain. I watched the XFL. It was exciting, man. You, you know, the new rules are good. I like, I don't, now I think they might need to chill out with some of these interviews. Like, they be interviewing everybody. 
during the game, after the game, before the game. There's a lot of interviews, but I do like the transparency when it comes to officiating uh, and official reviews. I do like the one, two, three point game. I do like the kickoff type situation. It's exciting. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's something new. It's spring football, professional spring football. It's something that I, I enjoyed and, and I, I'm definitely hoping for success with the, uh, with the XFL. Of course, you know, the AAF didn't really succeed, but I think that, you know, this, the XFL not only learned from their past mistakes, because for people that don't know, the XFL was, our, we had the XFL before, but that was just, that was, that was way too much. I think it learned from this past mistakes, it learned from the mistakes that the AAF made, and it's learning from the mistakes that the NFL is making currently. So when you bring all that together, I thought that it was, it was a really good product. I really liked the XFL, and... I see how see how it goes moving forward. It was it was exciting. It was a good first weekend. You know what I mean? Uh, or not inaugural weekend. So I liked it. And lastly, what I'll talk about, um, there wasn't much NFL news except that the Philip Rivers and the L.A. Chargers pretty much parted ways. Um, they L.A. Chargers allowed Philip Rivers to hit free agency. They did a whole tribute video, pretty much cementing he's not going to be there next year. This is big for a couple people. This is big for, of course, Philip Rivers, because first time, you know, he'll be a free agent. So I think he might be, I think he is on the back half of his career. I think his career might be even over. You know, his last few years, he's been an interception, an interception, like he's, he's been throwing nothing but interceptions, really. Um, of course, he's still a, a lovable guy, a high octane guy. But you know his 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 ability isn't starting to match his 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 status, I guess. Um, so that's big for him. It's big for the Chargers because now you're you're in the need for a quarterback. You can go draft. You can try to trade up to get maybe a Tua. Um, you can definitely definitely try to trade up to maybe. I don't think you're gonna. You're not getting the number one overall pick, so you're not getting Joe Burrow. You can get the quarterback, I forgot his name, from Utah State. You know, you, you need that. But then what you also can do is you can look at the NFL currently. Uh, we know about the situation with Tom Brady. He's hitting free agency as well. And we know that the, his relationship with the Patriots is kind of rocky right now. You can look at Cam Newton. You know, you, Ron Rivera goes to the Redskins. You go to, um, they have a new coach. They, they're pretty much looking for a new regime. And... They still don't know how Cam Newton's going to fit. Um, you can look at an Andy Dalton. You can look at a Matt Stafford. There's a lot of people, places you can look. And, and that, you know, it, it, helps, it helps Tom Brady because, like I said, now Tom Brady will be going to California um, where I think, I don't know, if he's, I think he's from there. Go to California, uh, you know, move his, he has a house there and, you know, it's, it's, it's a new team, and you have weapons, and that's one thing that the, the, the Patriots haven't really been doing a good job with is surrounding him with weapons. You know, it helps Cam Newton because, again, you have wealth weapons. It's a sunny environment like Carolina. You know, it, it's definitely big for a lot, of, a lot of people. We just see who, who it helps the most. Like I said, what, do, do you say, you know, we'll just go with Tua? Do you try to uh, make a play for Tom Brady? Do you try to make a play for 
a Matthew Stafford or a, or a Cam Newton. I would go with a Cam Newton, Matthew Stafford. I don't know about Tom Brady. You know, I don't know, but I would go for maybe a Matthew, Cam Newton, or go with Tua if you ask me. So that's that's the biggest news in the NFL. Um, is there anything else I want to talk about? No. <laughs> so this has been this episode. That has been another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. I believe that was episode eighty-two. Um, again, I want to appreciate you guys for continuing to be here. If you want to be on the podcast, right? One, you gotta know sports. But two, if you, if you want another, if you want to be on the podcast, hit me up. We'll talk about it. We'll see what I can do. You can come on set, of course. You can call in, do what you gotta do. It is what it is. Just let me know. But again, this has been what episode eighty-two of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. And until next time, much love. Got my headlights off, wishing outside. If you cry my car, then we're here all night. Mm. A couple blunts rolled, and I got my windows down. Said it's been a while since you've been this high. You're waiting on love that you're waiting for. But if your neighbors wake up, then we gotta turn it down. Say I'm top, you like keeping around You like keeping around Late at night, 11, we're cruising Lately I've been watching your movements If I'm the only one that you're choosing Am I your favorite drug you've been Your favorite drug you've been your